This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church and I said, I got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem. It's a wonderful form, and I, I, it must be a radio for me every time I, I'm in the camp city. And this show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good coach. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our show here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm looking forward to spending the next hour with you as I do every Sunday morning from 7 8 a.m. along with my producer Rudy Salazar. We're here wide awake and ready to talk to you about the world of your mind. What's in your mind? How does that affect your sports performance? How do you deal with mindsets and attitudes and focus and teammates and crazy fans and crazy parents and your confidence? All those types of things. I've been here for 17 years, been on the radio now for 27 years in Kansas City, and I thoroughly enjoy doing this show with you each and every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m., and look forward to taking your calls and getting discussions with you today. And wow, what an exciting week of basketball we have been seeing here. The NCAA tournament obviously is getting down to the Sweet 16, and after this first weekend, we've got the last eight games to go today, and I'll tell you, it has been exciting. And you've got KU making it to the Sweet 16. And then look at K-State, their opportunity today to make it to the Sweet 16 as well. And if West Virginia wins, K-State wins, will be four Big 12 teams in the Sweet 16, which I think says a lot about the conference that these teams play in. And I'll tell you, um, I want to get into some interesting topics today about all this because it's interesting watching the comments for me after games from coaches and players and how they respond to whether they've won or lost. Because if you lose, in many cases, your career's over. It's the end of your collegiate career and more, more than likely your college basketball career. If you win, you go on, you're fortunate, you're lucky. The teams that are playing these games have been so incredibly tight and you've seen several games being won on last-second shots like Loyola of Chicago winning yesterday over Tennessee, Michigan beating Houston both on last-second shots. And some of these three-pointers are from way out. These guys are switching. And it's been fun watching the excitement that everybody has. But I'll tell you what I, I like as a sports psychologist. I I enjoy the post-game press conferences and listening to the comments that everyone makes. And Tony Bennett, the Virginia coach, to me, displayed maybe the classiest comments I've ever heard from a coach before. Virginia, the number one ranked team in the entire tournament, as you all know, lost for the first time ever, a 16-seed upset, a number one seed. And Virginia obviously was outplayed. <clears throat> you can be the number one team in the country and be outplayed. It happens. That's what sports is about. My quote, 
Sports is the greatest theater in the world. Everyone knows their part, but no one knows what will happen. I think applied tremendously to that. And there have been so many close games, so many tight games, so many intense games. But I think the players and the coaches and the teams who are psychologically, mentally, emotionally more adept at dealing with pressure are going to be the ones who are going to come out on top in this tournament. There's such an evenly matched pairing of teams this year. And I think when you watch how some of these teams play, they don't quit, they don't give up. It's one of the things I admire about the, the Kansas basketball program. They don't quit. They've had so many close games this year where they've come from behind. Of course, obviously you need to have good leadership like Devontae Graham displays. K-State's got great leadership with Dean Wade, even though he hasn't played, and, and Barry Brown. Leadership is a lot of, lot to, has a lot to do with it. And I think, obviously it starts with the coaches, but when the players are on the floor, it's what the players do. And Tony Bennett, after Virginia lost, and I put this on my Twitter account, I said, his comments showed me that he is a classier coach in losing than most coaches are in winning. He complimented the other team, complimented UMBC and their coach and how they played. He said, we didn't play well. He said, it stinks. It's no fun. He said, but I told the players in our locker room, <clears throat> you know, you walk into the arena and anything can happen. Last week, the confetti was raining down on us when we won the ACC championship. This week, we're walking away playing our last game. And... It's not easy to lose when you get to this tournament. Let's face it, when you get to this tournament, you are a good team. Obviously, some teams are better than others, but you are a good team. You made it here because you succeeded during the basketball season. So I want to talk about pressure today. I want to talk about dealing with pressure. I want to talk about how you handle it, how you handle adversity. If you are a coach, I want to hear about how you deal with your team when the pressure is on. If you're a player, how do you handle it? I've never met Devontae Graham, but one of the things I admire with him as I watch him play is he doesn't seem to lose control of himself on the, on the court. If he makes a bad play, he goes right back on defense. If he makes a great offensive play, he goes back on defense. He doesn't seem to let the emotions get to him. And I think that's great leadership. And a lot of players are like that. A lot of players display great leadership like that. And I think that's a great lesson that a lot of young people can learn from in terms of how we handle ourselves. So I want to open up our phone lines and get your thoughts this morning. I know it's early. We normally load up on calls at the end of the show. Our number here is 913-3810-810. I want to find out from you how you deal with pressure situations. When the pressure is on, how do you perform? If you're a coach, what do you tell your team in that big pressure pack game? It's the tournament. You win and you go on, you lose and you're done. What do you say to your team? How do you get them motivated? How do you get them focused? How do you get them going? 913-3810-810 is our number. I want to get start get some calls in here, see what you have to say. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs here every Sunday. You know, pressure is part of life, and it is in sports. I have a saying... FOE versus FOR, focus on effort versus focus on results. Obviously, you're playing a game 
at this level, you want to win. You don't want to lose. And when you lose, there, there are so many things you can take from that. There's the initial emotional pain, especially in a, in a tournament situation. But as a coach, how do you help your athletes deal with that pressure during the game? And if your team doesn't win, doesn't play well, how do you respond to that? I want to hear from you if you're a coach. What do you tell your team when they don't play well in a big game? I think the, what you say after a game in situations like this has a lasting impression on your athletes, on your, on your young people that you're working with. And it can help lead them on through life. You know, it's interesting. I work with so many young people in my office. And one of the things that, that seems to be a common theme these days is when I have a young person come in and they've played on a team that failed or lost or they've screwed up or they, they failed and how their coach reacts to them, what their coach says to them. It sticks with them. And in many cases, if you're the athlete who possibly screwed up at the end of the game and the coach gets angry at you or frustrated with you, what does that do to your self-confidence? Well, it can destroy it. And I've had many young people in my office who, by their earlier mid-teens, will tell me how their confidence has been hurt so badly by things coaches have said to them when they were younger in games where, or, or, or athletic events where they didn't do well. So I want to find out for you. 913-3810-810 is our number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. I want to find out from you if you're a coach. What do you say to your team or to an individual athlete after your team loses in a big game like a tournament or a competition that's very meaningful? How do you handle that situation? What do you say to them? Like I mentioned, I think Tony Bennett, the Virginia coach, showed more class in his statements and the comments he made after they lost. First time in the history of the NCAA basketball tournament, the number one seed has lost to the number 16 seed in the first game. I mean, obviously, those players were very distraught and upset. You could see it in their post-game press conference. They couldn't even answer the questions. They, they couldn't come up with answers. They were so shocked. So that comes back to this whole thing about preparation to me. I think during the course of a season, no matter what the sport, I think one of the most important components of success has to, has to do with preparation. How do you prepare for pressure? How do you prepare for being ahead? How do you prepare for being behind? What are all the different things you do? One of the co-authors of our book, Just Let Him Play, Pete Malone, years ago I made a videotape that's on my website. Go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. You can watch it. It's an hour-long video. There's a quote in there. It's 10 sections, so you can watch each section at a time, just a few minutes. But Pete had a quote in there. You have to practice winning, losing, coming from behind, being way ahead, being neck and neck. Practice those, practice, practice those situations in practice. Because then when you get to the actual situation in a competition, you psychologically and emotionally have already been there. And if you've already been there, it makes it easier to handle it because you'll have gone through that in your mind. 
And quite frankly, I think that made so much sense. And that's from 1987, he said that, 30 years, 31 years ago. So I'd like to hear if you're a coach. Our number here is 913-3810-810. If you're a coach, how do you communicate to your team? What do you communicate to your team? What are the things you say to your team before a big game? What is your focus? Where is your concentration? Where is your mindset as a coach? If you're an athlete, how do you handle When pressure games come on, do you play worse or better? Is pressure a turn-on or a turn-off? Do you choke under pressure or does the pressure invigorate you? Does it motivate you? It's sort of the fight-or-flight syndrome of stress. For many people, stress is a motivator. It challenges them. For many people, that stressful situation will paralyze them and cause them to get up tight and not perform. Once again, our number is 913-3810-810. Want to hear from you if you're a coach, want to hear from you as an athlete. How do you handle pressure? The NCAA tournament's going on right now, as you know. You're seeing teams winning games on last-second shots. You're seeing teams being distraught in losses. The pressure to deal with these situations affects us psychologically and emotionally. How do you handle it as a coach? How do you handle it as an athlete? I want to hear from you. Our number is 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And that's Billy Joel singing Pressure. Hope you're having a great day this morning. Enjoying the NCAA basketball tournament or whatever things you enjoy watching on television, doing with your family. Today's topic is that whole issue of pressure, dealing with pressure. How do you deal with playing in these games? We've seen some incredible basketball games so far. And as I started the show off, the Virginia coach, Tony Bennett, number one team in the entire tournament, loses, as we know, in the opening round to University of Maryland, Baltimore County. First upset ever by a 16 seed over number one seed. And after the game, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say classier comments than he did. He handled losing as well as ever I've, as I, uh, I've ever seen anybody do it complimentary of the other team and said look we didn't play well we didn't do our job but you know they played better give them credit and he said I tell my players when you walk in the arena anything can happen you've got to be prepared we obviously didn't do a good enough job today I want to hear from you if you're a coach I want to hear from you if you're an athlete how do you deal with these pressure situations 913-3810-810 what are you thinking what are you feeling and how does it allow you to get through it or for the pressure to get to you. Let's go to the phones. Our first call this morning is Bud. Bud, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, do- uh, Dr. Jacob. Hey, this is my good friend Bud Lathrop. <laughs> well. Nobody, be- hold on, nobody better to call and talk about this than you. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing okay. I was, I've lost some of my balance, and uh, but I'm working hard on uh, physical therapy. Okay, and I well, think good. I'll be back okay. Well, you will be back okay, bud, because you've got a great attitude. Well, 
about your topic. Uh, well, you know a lot about this. You 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 coached for what, 115 years? How many years did you coach? 47. Okay. And then three years of homeschool. Right. So you coach 50 years, bud. Tell tell us what you think about what I'm saying here. Well, uh, the number one thing uh, when we practice. Uh, it was intent like every game was going to be one point. I mean, it didn't matter who we were playing. It was going to be a one-point game. So we tried to practice all the situations uh, out of bounds, their ball, out of bounds, our ball. Uh, why? Tell, me, tell us why you did that. Well... So when they got to the game, they had already been there. And, and that made a big difference, for, didn't it? It makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Confidence. Confidence. And uh, it's hard to beat confidence. Now, not, uh, you know, being boisterous or any of that, but you knew you had been there practice games were easier than practice but it didn't matter who we were playing like pre-game uh before we went out it's going to be a one-point game guys and uh according to how much you're willing to give and that didn't mean we lost a few how many state championships did you win four okay and that was in the large class but let me but let me say this: You coach for fifty years, you won four state championships. So basically, a tenth of the time. That just goes to show you how difficult it is. As great well, of a coach, as yeah. great of a coach as you were, okay, it's not easy to do that. Well, we lost uh, a couple of tough ones when we had only lost two games, and you know, uh, you have to keep your own spirits up. Therefore, to keep the players, especially the seniors that are leaving. So, what, but let me ask you this question. What did you think of what Tony Bennett said after Virginia lost? Oh, I thought it was wonderful. I mean, that's is, is that the type of coach you'd want to do anything for? You'd give, you give everything oh, you've got for? Oh, yeah, I'd love to play for him. Right, because his, his, he wasn't bitter. He wasn't condescending. No. He sat there and said, look, we got outplayed, and you give them credit. But, look, this is life. This is what life is about. Yep. You don't win every game. <laughs> I mean, we lost 303, and uh, you got to face the fact sometimes you're outplayed, and sometimes they'll bank a three in on you. And you'll lose. Well, there was the game. Michigan beat Houston on a buzzer beater. Loyola Chicago beat Tennessee that way yesterday. So yeah, you've got one team that's ecstatic and one that's... City. What's that? The, the kid, Custer. Right. The kid that made the shot for Loyola. From Blue Valley Northwest. Yeah. Right. But right. anyway... Uh, Just goes to show I you... I think, too, you have to prepare them, you know, 40 feet. I mean that, you know, the world's not going to stop because we lost. But but nothing you could have you've said this morning makes more sense than that. You're right. The world doesn't stop because you lost. The world doesn't stop because you win. 
keeps going on, and you have to nope. deal with it. Listen, my friend, I want to get to some other callers here. Well, I wanted to say this, Dr. Jacobs. I had a golden retriever, and he was happy when I got home. If we won or lost, didn't matter. And that, that'll teach you something. Uh, he just wanted to be petted. Well, but, but, but there you go, because that's what it's about. It's, it's about life. My friend, yes, thank you. you. You are a great man. I want to thank you for listening, and thank you for calling in this morning. Okay. And you Dr. get Jacob. you take care of yourself, okay? Thank you. All right, bud. Thanks for your call. Yeah, bye. Take care. That's Bud Lathrop, one of the best people I've ever met in this city. Let's go next to Mark. Mark, good morning. Thanks for holding on. How are you? Hello? Yes, Mark, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, I'm sorry. You kind of buzzed out there. Uh, man, I don't think Harley feel qualified after to follow, follow Coach Lathrop. Um, uh, but the, no, I well now let's not talk about your confidence here, Mark. You go ahead. <laughs> now the uh, I love uh, to, to coach in a pressure situation. Uh, I would rather coach in a one run ball game or a two point basketball game than I would a, a blowout any day. But you know, I think what I always try to teach my kids is to stay within the moment, uh, and uh, but they key off of what I am. If, if I'm over excited or uh, over if I if I show them that I'm stressed then it just boils over to them. So I think it's my job to stay as under control as I can so that they can uh, feed off of what I do. And, uh, you know, I let them know in the timeout or whatever how much fun it is to watch them play in this situation. And I feel like that's always been a calming effect. Now, does it always relate to a win? No. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm so – I just love to watch the kids play in that situation. And uh, when they succeed, it's great. And when they don't, you know, then I tell them, you know, hey, you – I seen the effort you gave me. I seen the effort you gave your teammates. So uh, you know, you they have to hold their head high, win or lose in that situation. Well, I I have a saying, Mark. A good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It's not about you. It's about the people you're coaching. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you know the, the comments that Tony Bennett made, as as I've mentioned several times here this morning. Uh, I I I don't think I've ever heard anybody more spot on, more evenly keeled than 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 that individual. What he said about the game he said look you know uh we just lost for the first time in the history of of college basketball as the number one seed to the number 16 seed a week ago we won the acc championship and the confetti was raining down on us today you know we we made history by doing what we did but you you have to keep moving on walk out of that arena and and things happen so it's like bud just said you know his golden i i Interesting. Golden Retriever. Well, they, Virginia lost to the Retrievers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he said, my dog loves when I come home. He doesn't care if I won or lost. He just wants to give me a kiss. Well, right. yeah. And, and, and isn't that really what it's about? Absolutely. You know, and I'll be honest, I didn't know who Tony Bennett was. Uh, you know, I, I haven't followed the ACC enough to know who, who he was. But I, I can tell you, I know now I, I've watched his words on TV and I thought, you know, this guy, uh, he, he's about it. I mean, he's 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 got his act together and he, he's a class act and i would love for my child to uh play under his watch so well i think what he said shows some like i said it shows so so much classy it, look i mean you know that inside internally he was very upset and disappointed you, he, he oh, had yeah. to be he had to be but his demeanor was even his his words were very well thought out and i think he was very blatantly honest and he and he was right because that's what, you know, sports, I love, I'm 63, I'm going to play sports until I can't walk anymore. And then I'll probably be doing something. 
okay, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to walk to the end. But the fact of the matter is, I love competition. I love trying to, to better somebody, but really it's all about bettering myself. Right. And if you can do that and you learn from it, you're going to grow. And I think that's what I, 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 will, I would love to, to interview the Virginia players 10 years from now and see or hear interviews with them 10 years from now and see what they said about how that this game changed their life. Because oh, I, yeah, I would, absolutely. You, I'll bet there will be some players on that team, this game totally changed their life in a positive way. Yes, absolutely. This is a huge building block for those players. Uh, and I know you're right. Some of those guys will absolutely have their life changed because of how how they reacted to it because of the way their coach reacted to it. So. Yeah, well, what he showed was pure class. Mark, thank you for calling in. Good luck. What, what age do you coach, by the way? Uh, currently, I've got uh, fifth and sixth grade girls, but I've coached anywhere from third grade to high school. So I'm just I'm just a youth, youth sports nut. So. Well, good luck with it. Enjoy it. And uh, thank you for calling in. I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you, sir. All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. Sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Here's our topic this morning. If you coach, how do you help your athletes deal with pressure? What do you say to them when the pressure's on? How do you coach them through pressure situations? We just heard from one of the best coaches in the history of basketball in the state of Missouri, Bud Lathrop, a moment ago. And, you know, like Bud was saying, you prepare them. You prepare them for all these situations so that when you're in this situation, you have a much better chance of handling it. All right, I want to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you coach pressure? What do you do when the pressure is on? Our number is 913-3810-810. You know, it doesn't have to be basketball. It could be any sport. It could be an individual sport, a team sport. Girls, boys, doesn't matter. Men, women. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you coach your athletes to deal with pressure? If you're an athlete and the pressure is on, how do you deal with that? Have you cho- I'd want to hear from somebody who's choked under pressure before. I want to hear from somebody who's brave enough to call in and say, yeah, the pressure got to me. And how did you react to it? How did you learn from it? How did you grow from it? Or did it stifle you for a long time afterwards? 913-3810-810 is our number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHP. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and we're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHP. Hope you're enjoying our conversation this morning because we're talking about pressure. We're talking about the NCAA basketball tournament, how athletes and coaches have dealt with this pressure. And I started the show off by talking about the comments made by Virginia coach Tony Bennett as the uh, Cavaliers lost the opening round the first time in the history of the NCAA tournament. A number one seed has lost to a number 16 seed. And as I said, I think his comments were probably the classiest comments I've ever heard his, the way he conducted himself in probably one of the most disappointing things he's probably ever dealt with showed the type of person he is and just said, you know, we didn't play well. You give credit to the other team, but that's life. And you walk into the arena, and sometimes you're going to walk out successful. Sometimes you're going to walk out unsuccessful, but you're still walking out. Our number is 913 I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. How do you deal with pressure? How do you deal with these situations? Our first caller this morning was a great Bud Lathrop, who coached for years and years here in town. 
had some great comments, and I want to find out what you have to say. Let's go next to Jerome. Jerome, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, doctor. I enjoy your show. Well, thank you very much. Get your um, I'm not a coach, but I'm a, kind of a movie fan and a sports movie fan. And the first thing I thought of this morning when you started this topic was the Mighty Ducks movie with <laughs> Emmy Lou Estevez and the <laughs> yes. deal with the coaches, the different coaches and the styles of coaching. And what and popped this, to your mind? What popped to your mind about that? Oh, just how the one coach was just all all win and no no cost win, you know, and and uh, you know as a child player, his coach was like that, and then now he's a coach and he's more easier on the players, and he didn't want to be like his coach was. Well, we learn from situations, don't we? Yes. Or we don't. We do. Yeah, and I think in this, you know, it, it, the thing that got me, like I said, in these games have, so many of these games have been decided by the last play. And what I've been impressed with with so many of these teams is you're not seeing anybody quit. You know, wa watching Michigan sink a last-second shot, Loyola Chicago sink a last-second shot. Uh, you know, these players are not quitting, and they're playing their hearts out. And it's a, sh it's a shame, really, to see any, any of these teams lose when they play as hard as they do, but... You're going to lose, and someone's going to win, and someone's going to lose, and it's how you handle that and move on. And like I said earlier, I I'll be interested ten years from now how the Virginia players who lost that game have moved on in their life and what they learned about it. Right. You know, I think that'll be a great story. Well, sir, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. You have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for the show. You're welcome. Let, let's go next to Mark. Mark, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, doctor. Thanks for calling in. Um, I. I, I just had some comments, and as, as far as my background, I'm not a coach, but I uh, um, played uh, at uh, um, football at Fort Scott Community College and then finished up at Ottawa University here in Kansas and um, uh, was a you know captain and defensive leader at both places. And I was just wanting to talk a little bit about preparation and kind of get your feedback on kind of what you think i always really emphasize as far as i would really like to just i mean have everybody especially if like the pregame meal i mean i want everybody kind of in a zone uh kind of quiet you know in their playbooks with their headphones on um but then you know you see more and more um i hear about you know the Division one athletes or, um, you know, especially the pro athletes, you know, they're in there playing beanbag toss and, you know, uh, dancing around and laughing and giggling. And, and some coaches, you know, like it a lot more loose type of atmosphere and stuff. But um, I always, you know, thought that, you know, being quiet and focused and, really had a lot to do with, um, you know, preparation right before the game starts. And I don't know, I just, it, whether, like I say, I, I was just kind of wanting your feedback on kind of the, the way you felt about, you know, pregame warmups and, 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 and your best chance to, you know, to win and, and to be productive throughout the game. Um, like I say, as far as uh, pregame preparation. Well, that's a great question, and let me let me throw out a couple things here and get your get your opinion on it. First of all, everybody prepares differently, and you know some athletes want to get really psyched up and get themselves all pumped up. Some need to be calmed down. 
I've had Will Shields on my show before. Will Shields is in the NFL Hall of Fame. And he mentioned on this show something he did about 15 minutes before the game. You know what it was? What's that? Took a nap. Took a nap. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's a guy who's in the NFL Hall of Fame, and he's taking a nap about 15 minutes before the Chiefs go on the field. He said some guys are bouncing around, doing all kinds. Everybody's different, Mark. And so I think the, the key thing is this. You know, if you're playing a team game like a basketball game or a soccer game, you know, the, the coach is going to be want to be in control, want everybody doing their thing. One of the best books I've ever read was Phil Jackson's book called Sacred Hoops. And right. he talks about so much about the importance of preparation, about giving athletes the time to get into their own headspace. Yeah, you want when you come out, you want to all be ready, ready to go, but everybody needs to get ready differently. Some people need to get psyched up. Some people need to get psyched down. I know there are some pro athletes here in town who have to, who I, I've worked with a bunch of pro athletes from the different teams. I know of one very prominent athlete in town. I have not worked with him, but his teammate tells me that before a game, he has to go throw up because he's so oh, nervous. Oh, yeah, no. And, yeah, and, and that's not, and that's really not. Especially earlier on in my yeah, collegiate career, that was, that was me a couple times. And hell, I, I would see the coaches in there, you know, uh, <laughs> thrown up right before the game starts and, well see you know, and that's not and, and yeah, right it's, uh, it's it, it, it's it's very real and very serious and like i i do agree you know everybody needs to go about it differently well here's the key thing it's about preparation it's about how you get ready mentally physically psychologically emotionally spiritually nutritionally all the different components that you throw into getting prepared and so i think for me it comes down to it you know i think a great coach gives their athletes time to have some individual time to get ready, and then you bring them all together and you go out on the field, whatever it might be. But you give right. your athletes some time on an individual basis to get their mind ready. Some people are going to need to psych themselves up. Some people are going to need to psych themselves down. But they need to find that common place. And I think what Bud Lathrop said earlier in our first call this morning, you need to give everybody the opportunity to be prepared. Prepare for all these situations so that when they're in the situation, you'll know what to do. And I think that's the right. key thing. So give your give your athletes an individual opportunity to learn from what they need to do, but then bring them together when you, you go out on the field. Right. And that would be the way okay. I look at it. Well, thank you for your call, sir. Great question. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to the show. That frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. Now we're going to play Tony Bennett's comments after the game, which I've been mentioning have been so, you know, I think so important that we can learn from. Go ahead, Rudy. Yeah, no, we, we got our butts whipped. That was not even close. And that's first a credit to um, the job Ryan did, Coach Odom. Their, their uh, offense was very hard to guard. They shot it well. We kept getting broken down uh, and did a poor job. And, you know, uh, I told our guys we had a historic season, historic season in terms of most wins in the ACC. A week ago, we're cutting down the nets and the confetti's falling. And then... We make history by being the first one seed to lose. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people will be happy about that, and it stings. Um, but I'm trying to tell the guys in there, you know, this is this is life. It can't define you. Um, you enjoyed the good times, and you got to be able to take the bad times. When you step into the arena, and a lot of people don't understand that, when you step into the arena and you're in the arena, the consequences can be historic losses, tough losses, great wins. And you have to deal with it, and that's that's the job. But we got thoroughly outplayed. Did not play well. We had a hard time with their their mobile fours and their four guards, and 
I don't know what to say, but that is that was a thorough butt whipping. Okay, I I don't think anyone could have been more straightforward than that, and he was very honest, and he he shared. Look, this this is this is the way it is, and no one, I I've never met anyone who goes into an athletic competition with the goal of screwing up and losing as a coach. I mean, I'm sure there have been people that have wanted to do that. But I've never met anyone that goes into a game or a competition with the goal, I want to lose this. If you have any competitive juices at all, you want to win. You want to succeed. But what does winning mean? Accomplishing a goal. You know, I know many people say, Doc, winning is coming in first place. It's that you come in first place or you don't. You know, like Herm Edwards once said about the Chiefs, you play to win the game. Well, in the NFL, in the NBA, baseball, yeah, you, the goal is to get to the championship. But only one team does that. Only one individual comes in first place, but everybody else can succeed. You know, years ago, on my show, I had a young lady by the name of Catherine Fox on. Catherine, in 1996, won two gold medals in swimming in the Olympics in Atlanta. She's a member of the Kansas City Blazers swim team, coached by my co-author, Pete Malone. And Catherine came on my show before the Olympics in 1996, a, a, a dynamic young lady, went to Bishop Meage High School, went on to Stanford, and won numerous collegiate championships, NCAA championships. And now she is this incredible uh, yoga instructor in the Bay Area out in California. And Catherine started working with me in December 1995. I worked with the team, and she came up one day and said, Doc, Doc, Dr. J, I need help. I need to come talk to you. And this is this, she talked about this on my show years ago, so I can share it now. I've got to get my head right. So we worked on some things, and she went to the uh, USS, USA Swimming Olympic Qualifying Trials in Indianapolis in March of 96. 90, yeah, 96. She made it to the finals in seven out of eight events. No one had ever done that. So she made the Olympic team and was going to swim on two relays. And a week before she went to Atlanta, she came on my show with Pete, and we were talking about her goals. And she said, I want to go down there. Obviously, I'm representing the United States. I want to swim the best I can. I want to do the best I can. You know, hopefully I'll, I'll win a medal. Hopefully it'll be a gold medal. But if I win a medal, I'll be happy. But I just want to do my best. If I do my best and I come in last place, will I be disappointed? Yeah. But if I did my best, you know, I'll be proud of myself. So we got a caller. The guy calls up and says, I don't get your attitude. Your attitude is, is terrible. Because you need to go there to win the gold. That's what this is about. It's coming in first place. And he goes, I don't, li- I don't like your attitude. I think you're going down with the wrong attitude. Well, well, he hung up. Well, she goes to the Olympics, wins two gold medals, comes back. There's a parade and in, in, uh, ends up at, at Bishop Meage High School and all, all through the area over there in Shawnee Mission where she grew up in Fairway and Catherine and Pete came back on my show after the Olympics, and we talked about why she did well. And she said, my goal was to go down there and do the best I could. I ended up being lucky enough to win gold medals. It you know, swam great, and the relays we, we swam on did awesome. But even if I had not won a medal, I knew I gave it my best effort. And see, to me, that's what this is all about. I mean, this tournament, this NCAA tournament, no matter – Who's playing? And, and there are all these different basketball tournaments going on now. You've got the women's tournament, the NAI tournament, junior college tournaments going on. You've got all these competitions going on. 
One team in all these tournaments is going to come in first place. Everybody else is not. But what do the teams that don't get out of that? I mean, if you're if you're the University of Houston yesterday, and you lose to Michigan on that last second three pointer, you're going to be emotionally upset for a while. You're going to be hurt. If you care at all about what you did, you will be upset. But then when the emotions subside and you start to think about what happened, it's like, how did we play? Well, you know, yeah, there were, there were shots we left on the floor. But was the effort there? Yeah, it was. You know, it's, it's unfortunate in sports when you lose because it's, it's a difficult thing. But, you know, to me, you learn more when you lose than when you win. I think you learn more about yourself. Look, we fail in life in everything we do. Certainly I failed a lot. Ask my sons. We all fail. We all screw up. But what do you learn from it? How do you grow from it? How do you get better? And I think that's the key thing that I wanted to point out today. I mean, Tony Bennett's comments, and you know, we were not in the locker room to listen to what he said to his Virginia players, but I think he basically said it in the interview with Tracy Wolfson, CBS, after the game. Look, I, I told him, this is life. You know, We fail in life. We don't always win. You may be the favorite. You may be, in your mind, the best, but that doesn't mean you will end up in first. I mean, life is full of lessons every day. And these basketball games are maybe the greatest example of that. The ebbs and tides, the ups and downs of the games, the way the, the, the flow of the game changes. So if you've got younger kids watching these games, what are they learning from that? Well, you know, like Tony Bennett said, losing stinks. It's no fun to lose. But it's part of life, and you have to grow from it, change from it, and get better from it. You know, next week... When I'm on, we'll be going down to the cutting down to the Final Four, the Final Four teams. We're just a couple weeks away now from ba- the Major League Baseball season started. Sporting KC has started their season. They're two and one now. You know, they have they, they lost their first game. They've won the next two. I mean, you're going to lose. You're going to fail. You're going to screw up. How do you learn from that? How do you grow from that? What does it do for you as a person? It is disappointing when you're playing a, a competition and you expect to do well and you don't. But you have to ask yourself, why? How do I get better in the future? What do I take from this to make me a better person, a better athlete, a better individual? And how's that going to help me grow? I mean, that's the way I look at this. And, you know, we might be lucky enough after today to have both both major teams in the Big 12 from the state of Kansas in the Sweet 16. Maybe not. We'll see what it – you know, it'll be a very interesting situation watching K-State and UMBC. UMBC – University of Maryland, Baltimore County. How these players are going to come out and play today, to me, will be a fascinating thing to watch. They beat the number one ranked team in the country. They were not expected to do that. How will they play today? Will they be on fumes from the excitement of what happened? Or will they be totally focused and playing great as well? I think that's going to be a fascinating game to see how the players on that team and how their coach handled the success they had the day before yesterday and how they allow that or don't allow that to carry over in today's competition. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. Try to bring up topics on this show that I think you will like getting into, listening to, and thinking about. And the cool thing now about social media is these shows are all saved for eternity. So you can listen to them on here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, 810WHB.com. 
go to the podcast page and click on additional programming and you'll find me on there and you can listen to the show there. You can go to my website, which is winnersunlimited.com and go on to the podcast page there and hear the shows. You can follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych, at DRJ S-P-R-T-P-S-Y-C-H. And follow me on Twitter and listen to the shows there. My website is winnersunlimited.com. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com if you've got some questions or comments you'd like to come talk to me or have some topics you'd like me to discuss on the show. My office number is 816-561-5556. Look forward to hearing from you. Have a great week. Be safe. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on The Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.